So today we have two wonderful actors here that created together the When It Rains episode online. So please check that out. The link is in the description. Their names are Ellen, playing Sepp, and Julian, no, Jacob, playing Julian. <laughs> Enjoy this podcast episode. Have fun. Welcome in to Health Skill Podcast. We are leveling up your health. My name is Marcel. I'm your host of this little podcast. Today we have not one guest, but two guests. This, uh, this is the first time I'm very excited to, the, to do this together with Alan and Jacob. It's my honor to introduce them today. So Alan has a bachelor in film production and a master in writing for performance. And yeah, his friend Jacob has a bachelor in drama and a master in playwriting. And together they they are quite a duo. They are quite, quite creating some great stuff on YouTube. So you really should check them out on YouTube if you can. Uh, in the end, we are giving uh, some more information about that. And now back to you guys. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm really, really good. Really happy to be here. First time on Twitch in like ages. So hello. <laughs> and yeah, no, I'm great too. Thank you so much for having us. It's my pleasure to have you guys today. I really enjoyed your series on YouTube so, so much. Uh, they were a great eye-opener and I felt really grateful to, to have seen them. And so I really wanted to reach out to other people and kind of share, share you guys with, mm -hmm. with them, kind of connect you guys with them and spread the voice. A little. So mm. before we come to the main topic of today, which is mental health, let's hear a little mm. bit more about your stories. So can you tell us a little bit like, yeah, about your story together? Uh, well, uh, me and Jake met each other in 2010. Uh, I, I was very much into acting like for a long time. I was about five years old and then onwards. Uh, and then I started to suffer from stage fright uh, when my mental health actually started to get bad. Uh, and Jacob happened to join the group that I used to be part of. And I went to see him in the, in the play uh, and he was performing. And, and uh, uh, I, I took an instant dislike to him because he was doing the thing that I used to do. Uh, <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, I need to be with this guy. We need to work together at some point. And so I, I rejoined the group and then Jacob uh, together with me helped me get over over that stage fright and got me performing again and we were suddenly making like Doctor Who fan films together and all that kind of thing so uh, that, that was my side of it at least Jake what was your side? Yeah no I remember I remember the dislike very very um, you know uh, vividly <laughs> <laughs> um, no I think yeah that's, that's a bit you know we, we, we met each other you know we were interested in um same interest, you know, performing writing, just like Alan has said, and uh, we kind of just clicked, you know, we were, we were both kind of, uh, you know, big fishes almost, not to, not to sound too big headed, but I think we were both, you know, big fishes in small ponds, and we kind of like came together, and we were going above and beyond a lot of the things, you know, we, we didn't want to just perform in, you know, drama groups, we wanted to perform, you know, on camera and then things, you know, and, and, and we had the ability we didn't see how we could do that um, with anyone else. So we, we did it ourselves. And I think we've kept that kind of, um, you know, that, that mindset 
um, pretty much for the past 10 years. And we're still doing that to, to this day, you know, after, after many, many different projects. But yeah, nothing that much has really changed in those 10 years, apart from we probably just got better at what we do. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've definitely evolved over time. Um, but really, at the heart of it, there are just two people making films for the passion of it, really. Mm -hmm. Lovely, lovely to hear that you're following your passion. That's great. Um, so we're doing this for 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And what were some kind of like, um, favorite stories that you created? There are plenty. There are, pl I'm sure there are, there are many, many, uh, do, funny things. Do you have a favorite child? Let's say it like this. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Well, our, our top child really that we have conceived, uh, is <laughs> a project, uh, called taking shots, which has been with us since 2014. Uh, and it started out as a very bizarre comedy about two students trying to make a porno. Uh, and that, that's how it started. And then it developed into uh, something completely different. But we sort of took a shine to these two characters that we created. Um, Zeb and Julian were, were sort of the characters that we loved. Obviously, you'll have seen them in When It Rains, because When It Rains is, in fact, a prequel to Taking Shots, which is what we're working on at the minute. So I think it's definitely the, the child that we've tried to kick out but won't move out of the house yet. What, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I completely believe so. It's something about we, we have tried on plenty of occasions. We have, you know, moved and done lots of different stuff with different characters and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it, it's almost like the... Uh, you know, we're happy beating that dead horse because we don't think that horse is dead. <laughs> you know, it, it's not. It's, um, but no, it's more about the characters, really. It's like, it, no, we figured out that no matter what happens, no matter where those characters are, they work. And there's something about them that's interesting. And I think finally now, when we've got to this point with it, which now, when it rains slash taking shots, we've kind of figured out, come to a point where we're, um, the characters have purpose and they're not, They're not, um, you know, surface level, and there's actually some gen. They're actually genuinely humans now, and that's why we're so we love them so much, you know. Actually, Jake was saying the other day we were talking, and uh, Jake made a really funny but true observation that there are actually four people in this relationship. That's uh, me and Zeb, and Jake and Julian. It, it, that's how sort of <laughs> entwined they yeah. are now. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I love that observation. So. Let's let's go a little bit further. So, what kind of rules do you set for yourself? Yeah, so you're kind of like already a little bit independent, right? And you need to get yourself to work, right? So I I think you need to set yourself some rules to get your stuff done, your uh, mm. film production done. What kind of rules mm. do you set for yourself? Wow. Um, I would say, I mean. In, I'll, I'll take When It Rains as an example to help us out, but we knew we needed to get a, bit, a full series done pretty quickly because we were working up to doing this TV pilot and I wanted to get people on board with who the characters were. So we set a deadline. I mean, not many people know this, but actually all of When It Rains was written, shot and edited in six days. So that's pretty. it was a pretty insane six days, but, but yeah, the way yeah. we get around that, the way we've done that, always done that, I, I guess we're, we're led by passion and the rules that we set is we have to get it done by a certain day, we, we then get working and we get it done by that day, sometimes by the skin of our teeth, but we always, we always stick to that, having that deadline. It helps us know what we need to do in a timely um, basis. Yeah, and, and honestly, it, it, it helps so much 
because uh, me and Alan, of, of course, are, are writers and actors and um, artists independently of each other as well. You know, of course, you know, as, as what we do, we do our own independent work too. Um, I actually find it a lot easier to be um, to be independently work, weirdly enough, um, with another person. Because I feel as though at that point, you know that there's someone else relying on you. Me and Alan with When It Rains and we're taking shots. We're the writers, we're the creators, we, we're in it and we produce it. <laughs> you know, so if one of us falls down, it's not just a case of it affecting me. If I don't do something, it affects Alan and, and vice versa. So I think the fact that there's two of us definitely does help um, a lot with um, our, our ability and our drive to do it. Yeah, that, that sounds really like something of importance there so kind of like you create your own company together you create your own projects you're you're in a group together creating something mm -hmm. um, and you feel i suppose in that sense you also feel as though you're you're moving towards a goal together you're all in yeah. this together and, and it's something you can do especially now we're doing again sorry to keep looking back to it but it's true when it rains and and taking shots we feel it has a purpose and it's something that is, is the story needs to be told and both me and alan feel very strongly that it needs to be told so we're together and that's another thing that pushes us both forward we, we have to tell this story so we're going to get it done even regardless of you know um, anything else that's going on in either mine or Anna's life i think even having a friend uh to keep you accountable for what you've yeah. got to do like having someone out there like even if for example i want to write a play and like jacob's just sort of there on the side making sure that i'm doing that he'll check in with me every now and again to see whether i'm doing that because that's that's something i'm doing myself um, so we do have our own projects, but it's good to just have someone that even if they don't create themselves, like it's obviously better if they do, but even if they don't, if it's just a friend and you're telling them about the project you're working on uh, or what work you've got to get done today and, and just keeping that up and also splitting the, the big goal down into smaller goals is just so like so um, um, amazingly helpful. If you've got something massive that you want to achieve in a day or in, in, a, in a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, break it down into little jobs. I mean, like, let's face it. When I was in uni, I wrote a 8,000-word essay, which actually, I believe it or not, isn't isn't that big. But um, that 8,000-word essay spread over the course of nine months was very, very, very achievable compared to like if you did it like two weeks before. So it's kind yeah. of like finding a way of breaking that big goal down into smaller goals that are achievable every day to give yourself something to look forward to and reward yourself for. And make sure you do as well. And the best way I wrote I used to like reward myself by doing a little bit of work whether that was like out of that 9,000 word, 9, 8,000 word essay, 9,000, where'd that go from? 8,000-word um, essay, I'd be doing like, right, 500 words now, and then I'll go play on my game. I'll play, I was playing Destiny at the time. Um, so just breaking up big goals into smaller goals and also rewarding yourself um, for do and, and not, not beating yourself up about it if you don't hit the goal of the day, just being glad that you've got something done. Awesome, yeah. 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 Sounds great. Uh, how do you guys reward yourself? Like you already ma made a, like the statement with like Destiny with a video game. What about you, Jacob? How do you reward yourself? Oh, wow, that's interesting. So I, I always try. It, it can be anything like, like that. You know, it can be anywhere from. I'm I'm also a big gamer, like like Alan. So that 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 seems to be and and um, uh, you know film and TV as well. But the thing with film and TV is more and more I do this, the more and more film and TV feels like work. Um, so I've come less and less away from that. So, so gaming, but then sometimes just having the chance to sit down and chat to someone like me and Alan, like sometimes we will sit down and just talk as friends. 
because we are, you know, at the same time. And I think rewarding ourselves to be able to, me and Alan, just sit down and go, let's just talk about random things on, um, you know, or talking to friends and family or, or, or just meeting up with people, going for a walk. That's always, if I feel that's a that's a, a reward in its own right, you know, stuck on, especially at the moment, we're all stuck on there. We're all stuck on, you know, in virtual worlds at the moment. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, and I completely agree with that. And I think everything he said is, is, is brilliant. You know, it's, it is about rewarding yourself because doing work no matter how even if you don't like the work you've done doing that work is worth rewarding and you should be really really proud of it great that's mm. that's really super great otherwise you're giving here to the audience i think um so i wanted to come a little bit back do you have a job next to what you do like for passion you're doing you're having your passion projects uh mm -hmm. that you want to achieve and maybe they are not getting that much money in so you maybe need to look out for other jobs what do you think about that so um me myself i don't have another job on the side uh, i made the decision uh when i i was made redundant in 2018 and when i was made redundant i made the decision that i was going to focus uh on getting my film career moving um, and then a couple of weeks later, I just happened to accidentally win and accidentally win a competition and have a, a film made by the BBC. But that was that was really random. But I took it as a sign. I was like, well, if that happened, then uh, I'm gonna. I, I'm quite lucky right now. I've got a very good support network, uh, and the people who support me um, are like really rooting for me. And and those people understand why I've got to not work at the minute. Um, I think a lot of people who do what we do. Uh, feel guilty if they don't work and earn money but if there's if there is someone out there supporting them the best thing that they can do to re reward that person is do the best that they can to eventually earn money doing the thing they do um i think personally we're quite lucky because we're both in that situation um but i think if, if you are uh, out there working and, and and you want to you know follow your passion uh, i would absolutely encourage you to, to obviously keep working um but I think don't feel stuck. Like I felt really stuck when I was uh, working at a digital marketing agency. I felt very stuck and I felt very, very much like I wasn't very useful um, because I felt like digital marketing just wasn't something that I was meant to do. Um, and, and so basically uh, I felt very stuck and I, did, I, I needed a plan to get out of there. So if you're, if you're in that situation and you're, you know, you're, you're in a job that you don't particularly like, but there's something else you, you have to do. I, I would say absolutely, you know, I, I wouldn't say quit that job or anything like that because that's a bit drastic, but absolutely survey your situation and your options because if you're quite like me and you're, and you're, you're lucky enough to have someone supporting you, um, just, you know, push for the right things, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to add on to that before I, I, I go on, um, you know, it, it, just with what Alan said, just in a different way, you know, it's about understanding your privilege you know, if, if me and Alan is correct, you know, me and Alan do have a, a certain privilege where we can um, be in a situation where we're not earning much money at the moment, if any, and still be able to support ourselves enough to go and do the passion, the passion projects and the things we want to do. But of course, we're very understandable. It's very understandable if people aren't in that position. But if you are in that position, don't feel guilty about that either. You're using the privilege to your advantage. And that's, and that's something that you should be doing. And also, um, don't, don't um, sorry to butt in there, Jay, but no, don't, don't take that privilege for granted either because mm. not a lot of people will have it. Not a lot of people do have what we've got. We're very lucky and we know it. Um, and I think a lot of people either feel guilty. Uh, I know some people that have the same privilege as us, but they don't use it to 
uh, extend their career or try and yeah. chase their dreams. They just they just don't don't act. So if if you are being supported by someone, please act. Please please go after that dream and please please work hard for it and understand that no nothing that's worth achieving is easy. No, um, but in regards to what I'm doing, I've only recently got a, a small job to supplement. Uh, my um my income and that's simply because it was uh, it just came along at the right time and it's something i can't, I can't divulge um, exactly what it is but it's essentially to do with um uh, uh academic writing feedback um just because i you know obviously i have my uh, my qualifications and i have the ability to do so um but it's a job where uh i get to it's, it's like it's almost perfect because you, you know you get to choose your own hours you know you don't you're not contracted to do anything um specific and uh, and whatnot um but the only reason that is the case is because that just came along at the right time you know it's uh it's not about um compromising because i think it's the same with alan and his job as a digital marketer i had a job um in a uh, pub kitchen for for a very long time yeah. um, after i finished uni and um, again absolutely nothing wrong with doing that um it's it's each to your own it's uh you know it's a case-by-case -case study um, but I did feel very trapped in that role. I thought that um, I could do that to supplement my income and then do, but it, it doesn't always turn out that way. So, and that's what we're kind of talking about, about feeling trapped in something. There are always other options and there are always other ways that you can um, uh, supplement your income. It, you sometimes do just have to wait for the right thing to come, 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 come about. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your answers. Um, mm. Let's move on. How much do you guys work? <laughs> um, quite a bit. Uh, it, yeah, it, quite a oh, lot. Like a lot. Uh, but I, I think it goes, the, the way that me and Jake work a lot of the time, and I think, you know, most people in our, in our sort of industry, we go through stages of working an intense amount. Like we're like nonstop. Mm. Uh, you can't turn off because... You know, like if we're writing something, you, it's on your mind at all times. There's no stopping. You don't stop working. You're constantly thinking about it. Even when you stop writing, you get away from the keyboard and your brain is like, well, there's that problem and then there's that problem, but this could happen and all that stuff's going on up there. Um, and you go through this intense sort of like amount. And then after that, you go through like this stage. For example, last year when I did a Shakespeare play for about two weeks solid, I was rehearsing that Shakespeare play, then I did the performances. And then there's like a little stage afterwards where all of the highs that you've been experiencing get greeted by lows and you suddenly just yeah. don't feel motivated anymore and you stop working. Um, and I think it's just a common thing that when you work on a big pro, I'm probably gonna get it after we finish taking shots. Uh, but like, but yeah, so I think right now we work quite a bit, but it does dip sometimes there's days or there's weeks where we just go and we're not working all that much. We're doing just chipping away a little bit. Uh, but then there's weeks where it's just intense and nonstop, like those six days of getting when it rains done. I think in our, yeah, I think for, for this industry specifically, again, just what Alan said, you know, it, it, it's so very, um, it's so very inconsistent in regards to the way you're working and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, some people may, may say that it's not necessarily healthy to work. Cause I don't think me and Alan have ever really got to the point where, we are becoming on you know becoming ill from 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 the work you know um and i think if anyone was ever feeling as though that was going to be the case then we've got a very transparent uh, relationship working relationship so um someone could mention that and then that would be something we would deal with but yeah you do tend to have to work you know at the moment we're obviously we're in we're in production of a lot of things at the moment me and it, it's weird if me and alan don't speak to each other every day maybe more than once I do get a little worried when he doesn't contact me at the moment <laughs> because, uh, because you know it's always something always always going on you know 
Um, but yeah, and then as he says, you know, there, there'll be some times when me and Alan sit around for maybe a month or two waiting for waiting. You know, it's all about waiting. But again, that is the reason why me and Alan have decided as writers, as actors, as as filmmakers, we're going to be proactive. And if there's nothing that we is being offered to us, we create those opportunities for ourselves and other yep. people. Mm-hmm. So I honestly think that it is really important to keep busy have your downtime it's so important to have your downtime but i would consider you doing things in that downtime as well i would consider downtime as you being busy to a certain extent you know i i, I would i don't think you should um be constantly doing work but at the same time I, I if you're sat around doing doing nothing you need to kind of ask whether that's you being as proactive as possible with um uh, with the you know with your with your career and your your passions yeah, great. Um, not much to add there. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on a little. Um, <laughs> yeah, very very great insights here. Um, let's go to like, what do you do if you have a had a rough day? Let's say nothing's going your way, and uh, you need to work a lot because you have a lot of projects right now. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing to like calm yourself down? Um, for me, uh, a lot of the time, I think there's there's this voice that we I think we all have. I think united as as a human race, we feel this, and there's mm. this voice, this voice of doubt, which tells you all kinds of things like uh, you're not good enough, you're useless, you're you're not worth it, and those those voices do come, and they do say things, and you'll work on something. Um, and it's kind of deliberate, deliberate. What is the that, what is the word I'm looking for there, Jake? De- debilitating. That's the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's debilitating because you you're like putting a lot of work. You'll put say the video online, and and you'll you'll be watching the views, and you'll feel a bit bad about like you know oh well they, they only got like 20 views, and and you and you feel bad. Uh, you do, and there's that doubt voice. There's that little voice that says you know you're not good enough. You're never going to do this. But I think for me, what I've done is is over the years, um, I've developed this other voice. There's like a second voice that's actually on my side and says, do you know what? Yeah, you are good enough. You will do this. You are fine. Everything you do is fine. You can do this. And like, don't listen to the other guy. We, he's been here for a while. He's still wrong. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I think it it's hard to, it's so much easier said than done because I think in, in our time, we, you know, I, I'm, I think that that voice, that first voice, the doubt one, so much easier to listen to because for some reason it's easier to be disappointing than it is to you know to work to not. Um, mm. So the the other voice is is it's taken me years to get to that. Like I I start like early on in my life. I, the reason why I think I, I was so like I wasn't very good at writing essays, for example. When I was growing up, I wasn't very academic in school. They'd put me in like bottom set, and I'd feel stupid and i felt like i was not worth anything i felt like if you're not if you're not working well at school then you're not worth anything are you that that was what i felt and by the time i went to university i freaked out because uh i was told that i had to write a 1500 word essay and my brain said nope get out of there alan because you can't you can't write we know if there's one thing you've learned over the years is that you're not academic um so i got out of there and then over the year i took away from uni I uh, I wanted to quit uni, but I decided to, to to wait a bit. So I decided to take a year out. Um, and in that year, 
I did some work and I did some horrendous. I hated the work. It was awful. It was quite like Jake. I was in a, I was in a, a kitchen, a pub kit. Well, it was a, it was a cafe restaurant kitchen. Yep. Um, and I was just, you know, it wasn't a great environment. Everyone was stressed out of their mind and it, it, it really wasn't good for my mental health at all. Uh, but over that year, like I ended up, I ended up quitting that job after three months because I just couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. So I started to like, I got really bored really. And I started to read up and I started to learn things like I, I like one of the things I do on my stream every now and again is magic. And during I, I learned that during that year, I was, I was starting to do that as the hobby. I was like, well, I'll learn how to do magic. And then I started to learn how to do hypnotherapy because I felt the worst I'd ever felt. And I turned to all kinds of ways, like, you know, meditation and things. And I started to teach myself how to self-hypnotize. Um, and then by the end of the year, I'd learned how to self-hypnotize. And I was like, well, if I can teach myself to self-hypnotize, I can teach myself to write an essay, right? Theoretically, mm-hmm. if I can teach myself something as big as hypnosis, uh, or at least what felt like it was as big as hypnosis or magic, like, I was like, you know what? You can learn anything from reading. You can learn anything from trying hard enough and and, and failing enough. When you fail enough, you, you'll, you'll succeed one day. And I think, mm-hmm. honestly, that's when I decided I was going to go back to uni. I went back to uni the following year um, with a new mindset. And the mindset was, I'm going to I'm going to tell myself that it's OK to not do well, but I'm also going to learn how to write essays. and I'm going to write bloody good essays. And I followed that up, actually, by writing the best dissertation of my year. So that was the best essay of my year, the biggest essay I could have ever written. And it was the best one. I got a first class and I sort of proved to myself, actually, you know what? Anything is possible. And ever since then, that voice has had evidence, I guess, to say, yeah, you are worth it. Look at this. This is what you achieved. And I think everyone can do that. You've just got to work through that initial self-doubting voice because it, we all have it, but we've got to work through it or else, you know, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Can I, I'm just going to jump off on Alan. That's, you've, you've, you've done that pretty comprehensively, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I do just want to say that um, in regards to what you're saying about uh, failure, I, I think that's super important. I feel as though failure is... Um, has these and this is going to sound really weird but it has these negative connotations to it and i just don't think it should have those negative connotations now i can only come from a place of um creativity and uh artist artistry but i honestly i can't see why this doesn't apply to everything um like it people are so worried about failing that then they don't try like uh, and to me i can but i can it's i don't want to i don't want to like like throw it off as something like because i i completely understand it doing this stuff is scary is really scary and it and those voices and i'm sure alan will agree they never go away they don't they just they just don't go away they will always be there it's not about curing anything because it's, there's nothing wrong you know it's, it's completely normal um it, it's about learning how you deal with those things you know and failure is such a big part of it you need to like from my perspective i need to write something uh write a play like when i've written plays before and put it up against an audience and if it's supposed to be funny and not a single person laughs and i'm <laughs> sat there you know, and i'm sat there and you're going oh no this is the worst <laughs> you know uh, but and then you go and you keep going and you keep or, or you keep going and you put in putting plays out to places throwing them out and getting rejected 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 and it's feeling as though this is this is not good for you and then one day a Bruntwood nomination comes along for, in my in my opinion you know like I got I did get nominated for the Bruntwood in 2019 mm-hmm. which is you know a big for those who don't know is a big um playwriting award um and you're right Alan there are things eventually something will come your way where you go oh yeah I 
it, it's not that it will teach you that you're good enough. It will remind you that you're good enough, mm-hmm. you know, because you are. And it's as simple as that. So I think, yeah, yeah. It, I suppose to like kind of link it back to the question you asked, which is about like how we do that. It's just about, mm-hmm. like, I think it is about failing. It's about failing and being okay with failing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's also like, just sorry, just to add on to that. I know you said after a rough day. So if it was a day in itself and it mm. had been a really bad day, it's about just going, yeah, tomorrow is another day. That That's how I tend to look at it. I go, right, well, yeah. today didn't go to plan. Tomorrow is the next one. Let's do that. Because a I lot think... of people focus too much on what's gone wrong. But if it's gone wrong, it's mm. gone wrong. You can't do anything about it. Move on and make it yeah. right. It happens for me us, us as a as a team as well. Um, there are plenty of days, and I can I can guarantee you there'll be plenty of days to come where mm-hmm. me and Alan have a conversation. It's very annoying. We kind of vent a little bit, and then we just go right. Well, uh, let's sort this. You know, we've we sorted it out. See you tomorrow. We'll do it again. We'll see if we can actually, sort this. Actually, funny enough, the first day. Sorry, Jay. Uh, the the first yep. day when we're right and taking shots, the pilot, the TV pilot. We sat next to each other. I've got a video of it because I tried to document it, but I ended up not putting the mic on immediately. <laughs> but um, basically, we wrote nothing in that one day. Like I wrote a sentence, and Jake wrote like a paragraph. And and yeah. in that one day, it that was a massive failing because we got nothing done. We got absolutely nothing done. But neither of us we couldn't, we couldn't access it. It was scary because we didn't feel as we were worried. Now we were like, can we not? Have we lost it? We we can't access this anymore. You know. Yeah. yeah, but we came back the next week and we got half of it written in a day. And it, so it, it depends on the day, but but we it came from a place of neither of us judging the other as well. We were all judging ourselves and not being able to do it. Again, coming back to it, like the failing was necessary to get there, right? Completely, absolutely completely. It would not be the way it is now. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people smarter than me have said this, like along these lines of you know, if you don't fail, you'll never do anything good. Because of what, how are you supposed to learn? So, yeah. Yeah, it's completely necessary. I agree with you, yeah. Let's take up this little quote from uh, Iping Tai Chi, who's, uh, who was also a guest here on this podcast earlier before. She says, mm-hmm. the difference between a master and a student is that the master has failed more times than the student has tried. Yep. Yeah. That hits an L on the head, really. Yep. It's like the student watching the master and thinking that the master just got there overnight and it just didn't happen like that. It worked. It, it you know, it did. It, it, the master, no doubt, put a, a lot of hours in. Yeah. The, time re- in. the reason the master can consistently do things well is because they know all of the things that can go wrong because they have happened to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really an insight there. Um, does doing what you love serve your mental health? What do you think about that, you guys? Um, so I would say that um, I would say that the one thing about doing what you love is that it, it definitely makes your mental health in some way better because I think if I have to take a comparison of like the time I worked in the kitchen and the time that I'm working right now, in the kitchen I was, wor- I was working and earning minimum wage. Now I'm working harder probably than I worked in the kitchen and I'm earning nothing. And I'm still very happy and I still I feel okay about that. And the things that I'm achieving now, the things that I'm working towards, uh, it makes me feel better. It doesn't make me any less stressed. I still get stressed. I still have days of feeling low. Like pretty recently, I, I rang up Jacob and said, I'm not feeling happy at the minute. I'm feeling not sad, but I'm feeling low. And the low vibe comes from from having worked so much uh, and not felt like there was some level of feedback. Um 
Mm. And that, that's basically just me being impatient because I just want to shoot the thing now. But yeah. uh, basically, <laughs> but but that being said, if you take that aside, of course, so it does come with its own stresses. It comes with its own issues. But actually, I think doing the thing that I'm passionate about helps me feel better in my life and allows me to feel I feel more validated when I'm telling a story than I do when I'm washing some pots in a kitchen. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, I'd much rather be stressed out of my mind doing what I'm doing now than doing something I don't want to do is basically the is the easiest way to put that. Uh, again, um, whatever, anything Alan said, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much right. Actually, actually um, I, I, putting it into this terms, um, I think a lot of people are scared to do the thing that they're most passionate for. Uh, I've got a friend definitely who, who worries a lot, um, quite quite like me, overthinks. Um and I think when you're when you're when you're over when you're an overthinker, it's always good to speak to someone else who overthinks because they, you know, they can at least help you realize. I don't know. It depends on how self-aware they are. But the point is, um, I, I said to him, I said, I would rather be having a panic attack, a really bad panic attack on a film set, than just not, you know, even thinking about life in a in a kitchen. That that mm. honestly, I, I would I would choose a panic attack on a film set. So do yeah. the thing that takes you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, it does take me out of my comfort zone sometimes having to travel and things. Uh, just today I was doing some work with people I didn't even know. I'd never met them. I felt very nervous. But but I would rather be there having a panic attack than, than sat at home not, not being there. So mm -hmm. I probably do just want to say that it definitely, to, to answer the question directly, it, um, it, it, it does wonders for mental health and it complements one's mental health definitely and I, I and I think as well um uh there's a certain amount of therapy involved in um in creation in creativity I'll, I most definitely I think Alan does the same but I, I'll speak for myself I use uh writing writing scripts or acting characters or any kind of creation as a, as a way for me to um uh deal with my emotions and kind of figure out what what's going on inside my own head I will just say that I don't think it's I don't think it's the only thing you should be doing because I do feel sometimes you can get too involved in things and it actually can spiral you downwards a little bit. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing and that will happen Like with mental health. Again, same thing with failure. It's same thing applies to mental health in general. Don't beat yourself up just because you spiral downwards because it's never, it's not going to go away because there's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's completely natural. It's not abnormal in any way, shape or form. But people, a lot of people do beat themselves up when um, things go wrong. But think what they need to understand is things do go wrong. But yeah, so I think other things too, moving away from the work as well is just as important too. And having a bit of time doing other things that you like, recreational, spending time with family and friends, anything mm -hmm. that you, you like that is not necessarily the work. But yeah, for sure, it definitely complements it as long as you're not using it as a leaning post. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty there. And yeah. also coming back to what you said, like, oh, yeah, you're using this uh, medium of telling stories uh, in whatever kind of way uh, to to also, like access like maybe your, your kind of like mental uh, struggles and um yeah. to to kind mm -hmm. of bring them to paper or to whatever or whatever it yeah. is and uh, so we come to the question of like yeah can this process not only help you but also help other people like um yeah, yeah. um i think one of the reasons why we created there's an episode of When It Rains called Isolation, uh, which I'm, I remember you commenting on and saying that you could relate to it and it was one of your favorites. So I uh, appreciate that. Um, mm. That episode 
to me was really good because I think one of the things about the episode is that when you feel anxiety and you feel depression, it's really hard to put into words sometimes. It's hard to, like, yeah. I remember getting so frustrated. In fact, as a writer, I still don't know how I can put the feeling into words. I don't understand how you can ever explain or explore with your words. Uh, yeah. It's such a strange and, and unusual feeling that you'll only relate to if you felt it. Um, so isolation was all about that, really. It was all about giving people... Uh, I, put, I actually put it on a, a mental health site, and I said, look, I made this video. If you're struggling to explain how you're, what you're going through and you relate to this, please use this video to explain to people what it's like. And that's why we we created that episode. Really, was to really help people express how they're feeling without having to use words. Uh, so I think it's really really powerful. I think filmmaking is a powerful medium. It's something that can really, you and know, you, yeah. and you can create a very personal link to someone through that without them having to. Um, even if they have issues with them, because a lot of people who do suffer from mental health have social anxieties, maybe in general, but definitely have social anxieties about talking about that to other people due to this ridiculous um, systematic kind of stigma around all mental health, um, regardless of whether it's uh, men mental health in uh, male, female or um, non-binary people, any, any, um, anyone really. Um, but it, it's, it's, um, yeah, so it's about you can create that personal link there uh, where they feel comfortable being able to um, access that. And you're creating it through almost a middleman in, in a weird way. And the middleman being the film or the the, the script or the or, or anything or the character that you're creating in, in When It Rains' case, that's Julian. You know, you're creating this middleman that you both relate to. Uh, and yeah, it can definitely help. I, I've seen plenty of things in my life that I've related to. They don't necessarily have to make me feel. They've not. They don't necessarily make me feel happy. They don't make me feel better. But what they do do is they. You see it and you go, oh okay. Um, so that it isn't just me because I think that's the biggest part of it. It's always like, oh, this is just me. I'm I'm the only person in the world that's that that, that feels this way. So I, there's something wrong with me. And I know I keep saying it, but you, everyone just needs to realize there's nothing abnormal about you feeling sad. There's absolutely nothing abnormal about it. No matter how many people make you feel that that's the case, there's nothing wrong. Okay, it's something that you. It's completely natural, and it's. Um, and I think it's good f from a perspective of what we do as creators. We have this brilliant platform to be able to show people and represent that that's the thing. And I think with when it rains, what we definitely tried to do was make it as real as possible. Um, yeah. You know, so um, so yeah, I, I completely agree that it can. Yeah, it definitely can help. Well, yeah. and, we, and we hope it does. We hope it does. We can't say that it, it ours definitely does, but we really hope it does. Yeah. Equally, uh, with storytelling, uh, the other thing is that when you're when you're creating a story, what what makes a good story is 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 change. So yeah. that's yeah. that's what it is. It's a journey of change. Every story that you that has ever been told is just a journey of change. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, there's lessons in those journeys of change, and it just depends on what lesson you're trying to teach uh, yeah. or what you're trying to make the people think about as such. Not necessarily a lesson sometimes, but uh, sometimes you just want them to think. Like with When It Rains, we wanted people to think about the fact that while it might look like this person's a joker on the outside, actually on the inside they're struggling very deeply. Uh, but th there's other things. I mean, I, I, I always say that I was brought up on stories, and stories made me who I am today. I, I find it very hard to believe that, that that's not the case of everyone else. But one of the mm -hmm. things that I always used to usually go back to is I used to be a massive fan of the uh, anime Yu-Gi-Oh, and that taught me how to be a good friend because it was a it was a very 
powerful yeah. anime. I love that anime. And, and it, it, you know, when I was a kid, like, you know, I learned what it meant to be loyal and respectful and, and care and brave. And, you know, um, and I think, I think there's a, there's a, there is a, literally a message and a meaning in most stories. And, and so I think they can help people with, with mental health problems. Yeah, there's a responsibility, I suppose, really, yeah, to end it, there's a responsibility to telling stories. You have a responsibility. And whether or not that is going out to uh, tens, tens of people or hundreds of people or thousands or millions or, or however many or just a couple of people, you have a responsibility to what your story is, is saying. And, and, and Alan's completely correct. I, I don't think there's any good story that doesn't go from A to B. Sometimes they go from A to Q or A to S and then back to C. But they're always moving from one to another. It's always a movement. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, all stories have a responsibility, and I completely agree with Alan. You know, yeah, everyone's raised on stories. I think. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's go a little bit further, and let's come to the word meaningfulness. So um, I see there's meaning in what you do, and kind of like what you're doing together as a group. Like, let's just take you two guys working together. And this creates meaning, but uh, there's also other meaning, like you try to teach somebody or make somebody think about uh, a certain topic with your videos. What do you think um, does meaningfulness increase your mental health? So specific to you? Um, yes, I, I think it does. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it, it, it can do both actually, uh, depending on the meaningfulness of said thing that you're creating. It, it can also be damaging. I think you know the wrong thing, the wrong story can damage the the, the person who should not be watching it. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. I, th I I do think that that like as just really jumping on what, what Jake was saying there about responsibility. We do have responsibility as filmmakers to understand the audiences that we're putting out to and and uh, well, as storytellers, not just filmmakers, um, and and to understand the meaningfulness that we're giving. So like we need to know what the meaning is behind what we're creating. And, and a lot of the time it may seem when you're watching a scene from when it rains, it may seem like two people running away from a farmer, shooting them in the farm might seem like such a stupid misplaced and what the heck is even going on there. But there's always a reason for what we do. And the reason why that was is to set up, we wanted to set up this whimsical world of uh, the first thing we wanted everyone to see was this crazy world of which these two live. Uh, and to start by giving people a very brief introduction to the character of Julian and allow them to see some of the wacky things he gets into. And actually, when you when you rewatch some of the stuff early on in the series, there's some really dark stuff that happens early on in in the in when it rains. But but funnily enough, when you were watching it, uh, you didn't see it as dark because you saw it as funny. And that was the point. The point was to to make you laugh. There's a scene when. Um, when Julian tranks Zeb so that he can kiss him to see whether he, there's an attraction between the two of them. That's mm -hmm. super dark. Like, taken outside of the, the context of comedy, that's a really dark thing for him to have done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we don't, we didn't, we wanted the first viewing to be like, oh, well, that's, that's funny. But then the second viewing to be like, oh, there's damage. And you can see the damage. But we wanted to, you know, the, the reason behind every choice that we made is there. There's a reason why we explored that. And there's a reason why Julian might be attracted to Zeb, but then finds out he's not. There's a reason why in the, in episode five, which is quite a risque one, where Julian tries out porn, he doesn't, he can't understand why he doesn't like it in the way that everyone else does. And that's, that's, that's 
that's a deeper theme and it's a deeper theme that that is explored through through the context of comedy at first but when you really analyze it after seeing the whole series you can start to see that there is something within julian that 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 you know he's still explore yet to explore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think from um I'm going to take, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for a different angle here and talk about meaningfulness to me in regards to us. And like, kind of, uh, I would kind of mold that into kind of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of works on the other side, you know, um, obviously that Alan's just spoken about that one side, but from us coming at, at it, the fact that this, everything you do um, as a storyteller should have uh, a purpose and a reason why you're doing it. Um, and I think usually it does, no matter how subtle or subconscious that purpose is. But with When It Rains and Taking Shots, we have, of course, a, a very, very massive purpose after a, um, you know, we, we, we've we always been massive advocates of, um, you know, mental health and uh, and uh, sort of supporting mental health and talking uh, about mental health uh, as a subject, you know, getting rid of that stigma. But until that stuff gets kind of dropped at your door, um, it really changes the perspective of the way you you look at it, and of course, you know, last year a good friend of mine and Alan's um, um, chose to take his own life, which was um, an absolutely devastating situation for both me and for Alan. And um, the fact that that kind of like moved, you know, obviously in a situation like that, you, the emotions are all over the place and whatnot, and, and you start to question a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, but the fact that it gave purpose to and meaningfulness in that context to, 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 to what we were doing. Um, uh, yeah, it can definitely give you, give you an outlet and use it in a creative, uh, um, proactive and also a positive manner. Take that negative thing and use it in a positive manner. Yeah. And just to link back to what I was saying earlier, if, as long as that's not the only thing that you're doing and you're making sure that you're okay, you're setting up a structure around you where you are you are okay and that's not the only thing you're relying on, then yeah, it can, it can be super positive and give meaning to us as creators as well as giving meaningfulness to um, audience members. Yeah. Thank you, and thank you for sharing, you guys. Mm. It's uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, it's okay. We 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 very much, um, you know, we're ve- we're very determined now. We've never been as determined as this as creators. We're very determined to, mm-hmm. to, to like quash the whole issue with suicide. There needs to be transparency with it. You know, it's difficult to talk, and I, and I can completely understand that people do need time to talk and, and it should always come from them. They shouldn't be forced to discuss things that uh, made them feel anxious or uncomfortable. I just think that a lot of that anxiousness and uncomfortability comes from the system, you know, the systematic stigma um, mm-hmm. that society has placed on on these, these kinds of things. So me and Alan are, are trying our very best to break that ceiling, so to speak, and try and be as transparent as possible with as many people as possible to show that um, you can talk about this and not be judged. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. What you're doing. Yeah, su- suicide is a is a big topic, and we we have kind of like a duty to speak about it. But right now, um, really, I, I try to think about like maybe some some kind of topic to bring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. There's nothing around, really, for me. No, let's see, like, an, so, an apology for perhaps maybe throwing a spanner in the work, so to speak. You know, it, it's just a big part of the way that we're, we're doing things here, and yeah. I, I would feel it 
unjust and uh, kind of um, I want to be as honest as possible. It would be yeah. very in, in of me, dishonest of me to um, to not share that. I think in in, in this context. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think you know it, you've got to. I think what we what we do really is we we always look for the way we can take negative situations and things that have happened to, to friends of ours and obviously things that have happened to us. Uh, and and it makes us even more determined to make things that people can connect with and hopefully help yeah. them. Yeah. So I think in a way it does have a roundabout. Sometimes when negative, tragic things happen, it does light a fire under your ass and you go, right, I've got to, yeah. I've got to make this now and I've got to, I've got to do what I can to make this change. Yeah. 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 And, um, maybe just one more thing. If I can just say to anyone here or, or anyone who listens to this, um, if something like this has ever happened to you, if you're going through any of these things, um, there's going to be a lot of stuff from, and I'm speaking completely from my own, um, uh, my own experience here. There's going to be a lot of things that um, make you feel as though that's always going to be you and who you are from now on. Um, I just want to let you know that, yes, that's always going to stay with you. Um, but that's not a bad thing. Take that, take that and uh, use it um, positively and turn it from a negative thing into a positive thing in your life. Um, because that's always going to be a part of you. And I think a big part of a lot of things and what confuses a lot of people and makes them beat themselves up is that there's this weird thing going on where they think that they have to, somehow that has to go away. But it's not going to go away and it never will. Um, but it may be part of you, but it doesn't define you. You, you define you and you decide who you are. So I, I just want to make it very clear that take it and it's part of you and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Um, now we're coming to a, like a last part of this discussion of this podcast here. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody that's still in the chat, uh, please feel free to ask anything. Ask away if you have any questions about mental health, about storytelling. Feel free about anything else that comes to mind. So um, the last questions from my side are coming up. And yeah, we, we spoke about that like already about suicide we can put it on the suicide thing we can lower it down and the serious seriousity of it a little bit maybe it mm. doesn't really matter how can you even help somebody with yeah with anything what do you guys think about that um i think that it's uh, that the world that that mental health not just suicide obviously it's attached to mental health uh suicidal thoughts um and and depression and anxiety and all these things um i think as a person who's been through it i think one of the biggest things that that you you understand is that that you are on your own journey no matter what and when people tell you stuff like you know only you can sort this half true um but i i think when when you're a person who who wants to help someone for example uh, the best way you can can help them is by accepting that they're on their path and what you tell them much as you want them to listen it will be their time when when they choose to listen they will listen one day and, and but you can't make them listen you can only mm. say it to them and then one day they'll have an epiphany and they'll go 
okay, so I've got to do something. And, and if you're one of those people that are currently going through anything like this, you can take control. It feels a bit nerve-wracking. Nerve it, it feels very uh, tricky because I remember when I was first going through anxiety, I remember my nan used to always say to me, you can do this, you'll be okay. You, it's your mind, it's your mind, it's only your mind. But I used to say to her, like, you know, yeah, it's my mind, but I can't control it. Like, this is the worst part. This is the worst thing ever. Like, this is in my mind. I can't get rid of it. Like, if something's in my mind, you know, if I say, think of pink elephants, uh, don't think of them now, you're going to. And do you know what I mean? Like, so my mind is in control right now. And 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 in your head, you're like, well, you know, panicking because well, how do, how does one change their mind um, yeah. but actually there are techniques there are ways there are things that you can look into and i think having an open mindset about it having the thinking you know what treating it less as as a big problem and treating it more as a challenge starting to treat it as a challenge that that really helped me instead of treating it like an illness i started to treat it like a challenge okay i've got to do this thing it's a challenge I'm going to take on this challenge and I'm going to do what I can to fight it. So I took up the hypnotherapy um, or I started to meditate and, and I do little things like that. And, and one of the big things about hypnotherapy is people are like, well, you've not cured it then after doing the hypnotherapy, because if after you do, you do one or two sessions of hypnotherapy in a couple of weeks time, you might feel crap again. And they're like, well, ah, that didn't cure it. No, no, it, it's not an illness. You, you will not be cured. I mean, in a way it is an illness, but if you're, the mindset is this is not my illness this is my challenge. Um, and, and I think what I did was I said, right, well, if I have to go through hypnotherapy again and again and again and again until it goes right, until I start feeling good again, uh, that's what's going to happen. And that's what I've done. And, and so, you know, I do go through lows. I do go through high, highs in anxiety. I do have panic attacks. I feel all the negative stuff that I did 10 years ago. But in, instead of beating myself about it, feeling guilty about it, I treat it as a challenge and go, do you know what? I'm having a panic attack right now, but how do I work through this? How do I, I how do I keep going? And that, that that's a combination for me of breathing techniques of, um, of doing a thing called NLP, which is certainly worth looking into, mm-hmm. um, of engaging in, in meditation, engaging in hypnotherapy. I know you do yoga as well. Yoga is amazing for that. Um, and just, and, and being active with that and still just, you know, actively fighting it. I think, Jake had the fastest turnaround from someone who was suffering from mental health and then chose to get help that I've ever seen in my life. I've met a lot of people with it and and Jake's issues started last year. I'll let him take over from here because, you know, he knows better than I do. Yeah, yeah. So obviously uh, my issues kind of um, stem from, you know, I think I probably suffered uh, very, very sparingly with any kind of um, anxiety or depression um, for most of our life, really. Um up until the point of uh, which, you know, what happened, what, I, what we previously said um, happened, you know, um, what, uh, you know, our, our friend uh, passed away and, um, and suddenly it was, it was, it was difficult, you know, and I think just from being uh, so open and uh, being an advocate of kind of mental health and uh, I had a choice basically where, where I looked at myself and I said, uh, well, now you're going to have to start following your own advice, you know, <laughs> Um, you're going to have to, it's very difficult for one to follow their own advice. Sometimes it's very easy to give it, but it's not easy to take it yourself. And I completely yeah. understand that. And so I instantly went and said, I need to go, I need to go to therapy. I need to go to therapy. You know, I need to go and speak to someone. I need to get some professional help here. Um, because um, I think from, to, to link it back to your question, 
you know, um, I think the best thing you could do for someone if you're on the outside of that or if you're because mental health doesn't just affect the person who's being affected by it. It affects their loved ones and their friends as well, you know, um, because they're their support network. Um, so I think the best thing you can really do, because sometimes I know that people can feel like they're they're useless to someone with um, mental health. They don't know how to help them. The, the best thing to do is just be there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds so simple. Best thing to do, do is just be there, be open to be able to help them, to talk to them, just to talk out. Even if you, you're not there to solve anyone's problems. Yep. You know, you're not, you're not m- most of the time, you're li- likely not a professional. Uh, but you need to um, just be aware that you're not there to solve the problems. You're sometimes just there to let them talk about their problems. And, you're also, um, sorry, yeah. just to add you, you're also not there to channel their emotions. So mm-hmm. if they're feeling sad and you, you start, sort of making out like it's it's making you feel sad too and like or whatever you want to do to make them feel like you know better that don't just listen and don't try try not to take it on too much as if it's your yeah. fault it's not your fault either it's, it's just listen and take it in and sometimes there is no fix but yeah. someone listening will change a lot yeah mm-hmm. you know um yeah and uh, yeah just to finish off the story sorry so i went and did that i i i was on um you know just to be transparent i did my therapy i was on medication as well uh because that's what was suggested and i i was happy to do that because that was what was suggested of me and it worked it did and it was um and it made me feel a lot better but not in the sense of um fixing it of course because it never does and it'll always stay with me what it did was it allowed me to develop coping mechanisms and coping strategies and allowed me it, 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 what it is, is it's developing me so when I am left with myself, because eventually that will always happen, I have the coping mechanism to be able to deal with it myself better. Um, uh, and of course, I'll always need people to talk to. Um, I, well, I, know I, have, I have a close network of family and then friends like Alan, you know, to, to talk about that. That will always be the case. But, um, but yeah, uh, and it is your journey. And at the end of the day, you have to take control of um of the things that you're doing um and you have to take control of your own mental health journey people can support you and help you but you have to be the one to um initiate things like this um and it's the same with other people you can be there to support them but and you can suggest things to them but they have to be the ones to uh, initiate that that journey yeah okay that's really great let's let's come you're already taking like uh the position of like being the being the victim right or being in the role of like having this mental issues and let's go into Mm -hmm. that a little bit more right now just to finish Mm -hmm. it up and Mm -hmm. um we want to think about being in this role like you want to reach out to your friends how do you do that how do you reach out to your friends like uh, as the first point you don't want to like push them away from you right that's the thinking like oh uh if i'm going to my friends of like if all these problems i might push 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 them away from me by by going in a certain kind of way how do you do that what do you guys think a lot of people i think i think they tell people the problems um such as like they've had a bad day or they'll say something like you know i think i think i've got i've had friends who have been abused um for example um and if that friend was going to come to me and speak to me um i wouldn't want them to ring me up and be like well i've been abused kind of thing talking about the thing that made them feel bad i, I think if you're going to reach out to someone and you don't want to like you know 
push out all of the 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 the, the big heavy stories that have made the things that have made you feel this way um then talk about how you're feeling and if they say you know that's i think focus more so on how you're feeling focus more so on the emotion less so on the story of how you got the emotion of course you know feel free to open up i think you do need to find the right people to open up to um mm. and do, do you know how you find that it goes back to what we said about failing again you speak to the wrong person they then they they reveal themselves to be the wrong person then you speak to another person until eventually you will yeah. find that person that is um, the right person but, but yeah i think what, what what the example alan just gave is a good way to kind of gauge um and not to because i do understand what people mean they do get a an anxiety of push people away and so it's an easy way it's a way for you to open up a dialogue for them to then ask are you okay what's happened and it invites that mm-hmm. for then for them you to tell the story because i do believe you should tell the story i do believe you should be completely transparent sure. about it I understand. I understand what you're saying in the sense of if you do feel as though you don't want to just lob that straight at them, you know, from the <laughs> yeah. start of that conversation, um, then um, then yeah, I think what Alan said is completely is probably the best way to go about it. You talk about the emotion, how you're feeling, and invite them to ask the question. And it, what that probably will do is, in your mind, if you're suffering from these uh, these these illnesses that do these mental illness that does think that does make you feel as though you're you're either being too you know, you're, you're putting loads of problems on the people. You don't want to bother other people. It will then make your brain feel better about it because they've, they've asked and they're inviting the conversation. Um, but really, uh, from a, from a perspective of, of, of just who it is, you should be as transparent as possible yeah. and you will find the people, there will be people who are, who, who are willing to help and willing to support you. But yeah. I will just go back to what I said about, eventually that you can't lean on that you cannot lean on the other people because those people have their own lives they probably they may even have their own struggles you know Um, yeah well yeah they probably will yeah likelihood is that they will um so you can't use them as a leaning post it has to come from you but you can use them as as support and i'm pretty sure that many of your close friends and family will be completely happy and they'll probably be more annoyed that you haven't said anything than if they you you yeah than if you do um, um, yeah. What goes hand in hand with this as well is something I just want to like, just a, in a way, a disclaimer as well that like me and Jake, we're not trained professionals. We don't know how to diagnose mental health issues. We don't no. know any of the the uh, the science that goes with it. Uh, wh- what we are, or we are two people that that have been through it, who have experienced it, um, mm. and who and have still, and are still experiencing it to this uh, day. Exactly, and and. Yeah. So what I would say is I would absolutely encourage you not only to reach out to your friends and family, but also make sure that you speak to the right people. Jake rang a helpline. I think that was a good idea because he could have rang me instead. And if he rang me, I don't think I have any answers. I only have support to give to Jake. But they they gave him the right support, the support that will take him to the next level and help him feel better. So they, they basically led him to the professionals who knew what they were doing. I, yeah. I give support to Jake and I believe in him and I'll listen to him and I'll, I will allow him to vent. Uh, but I can't, I can't advise him, um, in a way that I, I think will change him or make mm-hmm. him feel better. Uh, but, but Jake's decision to call, um, call that line was, uh, was it an important one because it led him to the right people. So, so yeah. obviously yeah. it's very important that you do reach out. But also look on the internet. There is there is a link to all all the different um, 
all the different helplines there are, please do we reach have, out to them. We link, we link on all of the when it right the end, end cards of all the most of the when it rains episodes have those links at the, in the descriptions. We can even after the after this is over, we can link them in in chats as well if it's sure. necessary. There are there are lots of places that you can go to, and I completely agree. Um, yeah, uh, I, I had a lot of support, but um, the, the end the end day, the, at the end of the day, it was a case of me making that decision, and that was my own decision. And no. furthermore, actually, Jay, just just to push a little bit more value, mm-hmm. like tell people, I tell people how how did you make that decision and how was the process of it? Yeah. Okay. No, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. So it, it's a, it's a difficult one, but I, I think it had come from my my as I said prior. I think it had come from already being very transparent and very open and very um, aware of kind of like knowing a lot of people that were going through issues and having dealt with that for quite a lot of my life actually. Uh, so I think that definitely helped weirdly enough with my my decision at the end. But I, I just realised that um, it wasn't just me I was affecting, you know, and and, um, and it's important. I am important. Like you, you are important as a person. You know, it's not narcissistic to worry about yourself. Of course it isn't. But I think I just had I was able to just have this very lucky to be able to have this perspective of me and other people and how that was affecting not just me but all of my support network all of my support networks support network and how it kind of moves out like that and i did realize that it was my you know it was my decision especially with what had happened prior with 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 our friend you know i realized that do i is this gonna i could be in it it might not be the case now but is that going to happen am i going to spiral downwards to be in that point to that place where that something like that could happen. Um, so yeah, and, and, and honestly, it was as simple as I just called. It's, mm-hmm. it's call, calling them is gonna be the hardest thing you do. It only gets easier after that, I promise. And as I say, I'm not a medical professional, but from my perspective, I promise you, the hardest thing you're gonna do is, is call them the first time. After that, they are so loving and it gets you, it, it's so much easier and they, are so supportive and they take you through if you're doing it through um if you're doing it through the nhs like the way i did it uh you may do you might have to wait a little bit but they they have support networks set up for when you have to wait for that help to happen and you, you go at your own pace and they're and they're just brilliant and i could not recommend them enough for, for That's awesome for, yep. for, yeah yeah so um yeah so yeah i suppose yeah yeah good no thank you thank you for sharing this so um Honest, no, okay. honestly, again. Um, no, thank you for um, no, thank you for giving us the platform to do so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, let's come a little little bit away from this topic again, and mm-hmm. just one last question. It's it's more like, uh, it's it's like the two questions, but um, absolutely. One one is for Ellen, and then probably the last one is for Jacob. Or cool. you can share share them again and again. Um, so Ellen mentioned you mentioned about stage fright. Uh, you had that right, yep. and I kind of like want to ask, like there's like stage fright, but there's the opposite of it as well. So you're kind of feeling maybe empty. So completely feeling of emptiness inside. You're not not feeling anything. You don't feel any kind of nervousness. Did you experience yes. this as well? Um, I, I once put a time, yes. I think once upon a time I did have no nerves uh, about going on stage back then. I mean, in particular, um, I think 
yeah, I, I would say there was a time when I, I didn't have any nerves and that was that was okay. That was good. It was a good time. And then ever since uh, ever since the stage fright thing, I've been uh, I always feel nervous. Um, it's it's how I use my nervous energy to my advantage. I mean, the last time I felt nervous was last year when I went on stage to do a Shakespeare play. And like we all know Shakespeare, like you can't improvise yourself out of that. I, there's no, I couldn't make up Shakespeare's words on the spot. I'm not that good. Uh, and and so I had to, you know, I was so scared to go on stage. And I spoke to one of my fellow actors. I said, look, what if I have a panic attack on stage and I forget what I'm doing or all this stuff? And they were like, you know what? If you're feeling nervous about being on stage, why don't you just like, nerves are just energy. Why don't you... Just go on stage and use those that nervous energy and project it as something else. And thankfully, my character is a very, very angry, angry <laughs> character. So, uh, so I go on stage and the nerves come out, but I'm like, I'm like full on channeling it. Um, and Jake actually saw that performance where I was being very nervous. So, so actually, what, what what it did is those nerves are actually very useful to be there because without them, I wouldn't have been able to do a very accurate, you know, a, a good performance in terms of that. I mean, there was a time, the first time I pushed myself to go back on stage, um, I was on, it was a play where I had to be on stage for 45 minutes, didn't get to leave or anything like that. There was no time for me to be off stage, having a panic attack, feeling better and going back on. It was just all on stage. And I felt this, this feeling inside me, this energy, and I just felt so unrested. Um, and luckily enough, actually, the end of the, the act uh, ended with a, a ghost train appearing in the station and we were all terrified and I did my best performance I've ever done and let my panic attack go <laughs> and I had a panic attack there and then on stage um, and, and then the curtains closed and I just took a bit yeah I was breathing deeply and getting myself out of that place um, and like you know that was my healthy use of it and I think those, those, those nerves are good uh, if on the other hand you're also talking about um, not feeling anything at all feeling numb having absolutely no completely different concept, of course, um, of, you know, if, if you start to realize that you're not feeling anything, then I definitely would start to consider calling one of those lines because yeah. I, I, I'm very lucky. I've never felt nothing. I've never got to that numb stage, but I know you did Jake. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. It's something I, I, I forgot to mention, but yeah, uh, just quickly. Um, mm -hmm. that's another one of the reasons why I, I did what I, I, I did. I felt, I call it indifference. Yep. Um, that's what I described it as an indifference to a lot of different things. Uh, the things I liked and the thing, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sad about the thing that had just happened, which I, you know, you would expect me to be, but I wasn't happy about the thing, the things that used to excite me, including writing, which of course, why Alan noticed as well, because we usually work a lot together. Um, so yeah, if you're, you're feeling any indifference, um, yeah, I would really consider, I'd really like, please go and contact someone. I'd just like to mention as well that I'm always nervous before I go on stage. Oh, I'm all, I'm always nervous before. I was nervous before this. I'm nervous now. You know, well, <laughs> uh, you know. I was nervous when uh, we do filming. If I wasn't nervous before doing anything like this, genuinely, I'd be wondering why I was doing it. Because I feel as though the nervousness, um, as Alan says, is an energy, and I also feel it means that it means that the thing I'm doing is important to me. So, do what I, you will with that. I, I agree. Well. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. So good. Um... So, Jacob, one question for you. Um, yes. Where, where will, where will Julian go? Where, what's, what's in the, in the future? What's in the stars? What's in your dreams? <laughs> Gee, I didn't think the questions could get any harder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's in my dreams? Um, Julian's a very interesting man. I think 
he's been on a journey. I, I describe him for me specifically. Obviously, me and Alan have both been with him for so long, but for, because I play him, for me specifically, he feels like that old jacket that you you love, even though it's all tattered and torn. You know, the one you will never get rid of. Um, he's so easy to kind of slip in and out of, you know. Um, so for me, it's really interesting now because we're in a situation where I feel as though we can finally put him on a journey as a human as opposed to a character. Um, I'd love to see in the future, um, not that I'm confirming anything as of now, but I'd love to see him, in the, and there's already ideas bubbling, I'd love to see him in the future, him exploring who he actually is. Because in When It Rains Julian, I don't think we really get any look into who he actually is as a person. I don't think he knows who he actually is as a person. I think he spent so long creating this facade of himself um, that uh, he doesn't, he, if you asked him what his opinion was on something, he would give you the opinion of the facade he's created. He wouldn't have a, his own opinion on it. Um, so I'm really interested to see, and I'm hoping that that will come out as we explore him more, we'll actually start seeing who the real Julian is and him, you know, trying to explore himself and kind of come to terms with them. Um, uh, being comfortable with him as himself and not have, not feeling as though he has to put this front on. So, yeah, that would be something that I'm really looking forward to in the future in regards to Julian. Going forward uh, with When It Rains, we're actually moving on to a second series at the minute. Uh, we've oh, just okay. finished writing them. We're going into filming, starting filming as early as next Wednesday, so that's going to be fun. Uh, that series follows uh, Julian's friend Zeb, who obviously I play and you've seen a bit of. Uh, and what's going to be interesting about that series, I think for anyone who's already seen series one, is you'll start to see Julian as a lighthearted character again. And, and the reason for that is because um, we're looking at things through Zeb's point of view now. And through Zeb's point of view, as far as Zeb's concerned, Julian's just a happy-go-lucky filmmaker who's just always up for a laugh and also his best mate. So I think when people watch that series, they're going to go, why is Julian acting different? Because And the reason is, is because it's through uh, Zeb's point of view and we're going to be going on a different journey with Zeb, different to what Julian's is like um, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to like sharing it with you and 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 taking that and taking on that journey. Um, further, and, furthermore, yeah. we're, we're taking shots the TV series, which is the, the TV series that follows when it rains. Um, Julian's got a long way to go. He's got a he's this is the thing, right? When it rains was just a hint as the things that he goes through in that series and and the things that we're going to explore with him. So we've got a we've got a long way to go. Taking shots is our movement properly like when it rains is brilliant and when it rains is, is an excellent way to kind of get that learn how who the characters are you know, see what they do get to know them but taking shots is the place where a lot of this movement will happen i believe and, uh, and uh, yeah I, I i'm so looking forward to sharing it all with them everyone i love i love uh that concept of now you're changing the second series to sep sep's point of view yeah, yeah, and it's a very it different one as well. Um, the thing is about Julian is that with Ju with Julian, he's uh, the series of Julian is like there's a lot of serious things that happen to him in his life, whereas Zeb doesn't really have as many serious things that have gone on in his. So it was all of the challenge there was finding what Zeb's drama was. And the thing is, uh, drama is subjective to the person that's going through it. So Zeb's got a very he's got he's got an interesting arc, I think, in 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 the series because you know he it's very different. Uh, approach to it that, than what we did with Julian. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I hope you enjoy that. Can I, can I announce one little thing, actually, com like completely new here? Is that okay? Please, please go ahead. So me and Jake are starting to raise funds for uh, the, the TV pilot uh, taking shots. 
uh, that link will be going live on Monday. And I, as you've been so kind as to let us be on this this show, I wondered if you wanted, if you were up for me dropping the link to that uh, in your Discord yes, early. Yes, please. They get an early access. Yes, please. Uh, actually, the next question was about... Um when it rains and uh, taking shots is looking for investors so mm. <laughs> so yeah can you give us some links uh can you give me yeah. some links i will publish them everywhere so people can find them in the description if they're listening to the podcast or watching on youtube you can find this in the description and is there any kind of other way you can we can f support you yeah, absolutely. It's not all about putting your hand in your pocket. I mean, you know, any any investment is always going to help us. But actually getting our message out there to people who could possibly invest. If you can't invest yourself, sharing our message out there is going to help us because like word of mouth is like one of the most powerful forms of marketing from what I've heard. And if you can share that out on your social media, talk about it, say, oh, I saw this thing called When It Rains, check this out and showing people the series that's that's the most help you can give honestly and and you know yeah, and yeah and you know uh yeah as i say just uh what watching the space watching the stuff we put out it, it supports us massively as well just as simple as that and sharing that out as well <laughs> you know um as alan says you know investment is obviously very very important to us um in a, in a sense that allows us to do what we need to do and do it easy quite in a quite an easier manner um, but yeah, any kind of sharing, sharing out to as many people as you can and just watching it, we're, we're, we're so appreciative of that as well. So anyone who has done already and anyone that will do, thank you very much. And please go and check it out. We really hope you enjoy thank you. it. Thank yeah. you for all of the help. Like no matter what, no matter what you're doing, if you're just watching an episode, uh, uh, commenting, liking, or just watching it and enjoying it and sharing it with your friends, that that's equally as important. So, mm -hmm. yep. And we love engagement as well. Sorry, just the last thing. We, we absolutely love engagement as well. So if you want us to, you know, you get in contact with us, if you want to ask us a question, please do. We'll, 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 we'd absolutely love to have conversations with people as well. Awesome. So, um, yeah, um, that's about it slowly. Uh, find When It Rains on YouTube and check it out. It's really eye-opening. It really does something with you. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for these series. Please, please check them out. And yeah, then support them by liking and so, and so much more. Uh, do you have some other places where people can find you? Um, at the minute, I'm slowly building the Instagram, which is okay. uh, which I can link you up to. It's uh, Alan Rafty official. There's not much going on on there at the minute, but I'm figuring that out. Yeah. Um, and we've yeah, probably got, got yeah, and we've probably got a lot of plans in the future. Anything that we do, we will always link up to any other stuff we do. So if you follow us in one place, you'll probably you'll know instantly when we've got new stuff going on on Twitter and Instagram, and YouTube, and and Facebook and whatnot. Anything else that we plan on doing, um, we 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 really want to make sure that the community that does follow us um, can follow us along in any anywhere that it suits them. So um, they that's a, this is a very this is still a journey for us as well. So new things will happen, but we'll make sure that people people are aware of those new things where they can follow us and what 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 uh, how they can help us and engage with us. Awesome. Good. <sighs> if you have any further questions, dear friends listening to this and uh, in the chat, feel free to come and chat with us just in about one minute, two minutes. Um, next week, 
we have together with First Class Fitness and a educational fitness streamer, we will be speaking about healthy habits. Such a big topic is what again and uh, this discussion here it was just so amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Alan. Thank you so much for being here, Jacob. We could have gone on for three hours or more, no yeah. problem. Yeah, I've so. had a great time. Thank you so much for having us on. Uh, yeah. Thank you to all the people as well who are like, I've, I've seen the chat going. Thank you so much for listening and, and just uh, just taking in what we have to say and just being so kind and welcoming. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate this as well. And this was Health Skill Podcast live from www.moment.yoga slash Twitch. We are leveling up your health skill. And thank you for listening. <laughs>